Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to episode 126 of the Whiskey and Whitetails podcast. As always, I'm your host, Gus. Hi, Matt. Forgot my name for a second. As always, thank you to our Patreon members for their support. If you're not a member, go check that out. Also, thank you to Waypoint Network for their support. And don't forget to use code podcast on our store. Save 20% on our, our awesome stuffs. Stuffs and things. Yeah. Uh, this week, we got a we got a good one for you. We have a guest, uh, the one and only Dom Gatto, here to talk a little bit about uh, just what's been going on and photo contest and a bunch of other fun stuff that's been going on. So stay tuned and enjoy. What's up, my man? Going on. Good morning. Morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing well. You're enjoying some time off, I think. Yeah. Yeah, this would be uh, my first day of not doing anything in about three weeks, so. Nice. This works. Yeah, that's a good day off then. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody's having a a day off during the week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's nice. So, yeah, we wanted to have you on, uh, for those that don't know. Sure you do. Dom God is a, one of the executive producers of the Whiskey White Tales show, and he helps us with a lot of content, doing stuff. And he um, also runs a photo battle on a page called Shutters and Shells. And we're doing a Whiskey and White Tales photo battle. We wanted to kind of get on here and talk about entry and how easy it is to get involved and uh, and get signed up to win. I don't know how far you want to go back on Shutters and Shells, Dom. I'll go back as far as you guys want to go back. It's a, it's a long story, but it's a short story at the same time. Because it started as uh, it started as a podcast with um, the main inspiration being drawn from, you know, how much I enjoyed the Whiskey and Whitetails podcast. So I started my own. Had you guys on as guests too. You guys were actually on the very final episode. Yes, of Shutters and Shells. You were on the last episode. We killed and, it. Uh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> I met I met the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a good one. But at the same time, it's um, I just didn't have time to keep going with it. So that shut down and then it beca- became kind of a you know sharing page hunting page little thing for photography for hunting whatever we did a couple of photo battles on there like in the instagram stories once in a while and that's kind of where it lied that's that's where it ended up and then recently i found myself entering a few different like actual photography competitions that every time i did i got a lot of rejection letters saying <laughs> they weren't looking for this kind of like this kind of wildlife photography. They want hunting photography. They wanted things of like birds and other kind of animals. I was like, there's no real place other than probably the Sitka Diverge contest and more recently the um, domain photo contest that really focuses on hunting photography. So I was like, I already got the website. I already got the Instagram page and I already have a decent you know, focused following behind both that is, you know, all hunting photographers and hunters and enthusiasts. Why not turn it into that a little, 
home source of places people can do hunting photography. And more recently, we kind of opened that up where every couple of months I'm going to be hosting these photo competitions. And this one um, coming around involves you guys from Whiskey and Whitetails, where it's going to be whiskey and whitetails. So you could submit photos of uh, your best bottle shots, barrel shots, whatever it does involving whiskey, awesome. Or you could do your best uh, whitetail photographs, and we're all going to judge the hell out of you and tell you how terrible you are and one person will win so that's the best thing <laughs> what's some of the tips you can give them for what you're looking for in photography um i think the biggest thing is i mean put the effort in i mean th- there's so many different ways especially when it comes to whiskey bottles because it was just recently i've been watching like all the things you guys do so much taking photos of whiskey bottles i know that one you sent to me with the uh with the pistol in it, I went bonkers over that. That was one of the coolest things I've seen. I was like, this is awesome. I started looking a lot more into like the whole whiskey bottle photography. I didn't know there was such a huge backing of it before like meeting you guys. And um, yeah, yeah. And the biggest thing I'm looking for now is don't just, anyone can take a photo of a bottle of whiskey on a countertop, you know, throw something in there that is unique. Something that tells a little bit of a story, something that really, uh, explains more of what you're doing while you're enjoying that whiskey not so much yeah. that you just enjoy the whiskey that that's probably the best thing for the whitetail side i mean i don't know how far you guys want me to go down that road i can go on for a long time about deer so we got time yeah we got that's what the our podcast is for so t- whenever you look whenever you look at wildlife or whitetail photography what are some things that you give us your top five things that you're immediately going to notice about a photo Okay. Obviously, number one is going to be the deer itself. Sure. You could take the best, well-composed, wonderful background, foreground, everything shot you can. If it's a small, terrible-looking deer, people aren't going to like it. Yep. Photographers will like it. They'll look at that and be like, oh, wow, this is technically beautiful. But the everyday person is going to look at it and be like, ah, oh, it's a small buck, right. which is unfortunate, but it's the truth. Sure. So, so I'm looking for not only all of those technical aspects of how you got that photograph and how you lined up that photograph, how much thought you put into it as far as where you set up that way you had a very specific background. Like, no, for example, if I'm taking a picture of a big buck and I know where the buck is going to be in some general area, I'm not just finding a spot where I'm going to see the deer. I'm finding a spot where the background is not going to be too busy or interfere with those antlers. So they pop right out against some kind of dark foliage or some kind of distance, you know, like things like that you have to take into account when you're really taking these things seriously. Other things that I'll look for in whitetail shots, the same as the bourbon shots, the whiskey shots is something that tells a story. You get bucks fighting, you have bucks chasing doe around, you have them jumping over stuff. If you could tell a story with a photograph without actually having to type a word, you did really well. Like that, that's something if you can evoke some kind of emotion out of people out of a static photograph of an animal, you did a really good job in finding your core like purpose. Um, so that's the biggest things I'm looking for with the whitetail photographs right now. And it's not just me judging. It's myself, Brandon Schultz, who is a professional hunting and outdoors photographer, and um, Steve Jessmore, who is a award-winning wildlife photographer. He's won the Audubon Awards the last two years running. Oh, wow. So he's uh, like some good people. I, I'm decent. These guys are good. You know? <laughs> like they know they know what they're doing. I'm winging it every single day. These guys are really in the sticks way more than I am, and they 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 know their stuff. They're judging it as well. So they're going to be looking more on the um, overall technical side. I'm going to be looking more on the hunting side because out of them, you know, except for Brandon, he's a hunter too, but I, I know what the hunters are looking for and what they feel when they look at a photo. So it's a very different kind of crowd, you know, when you look at it that way, when people judge things based on like, well, I'm a hunter and this is how this deer makes me feel as opposed to someone who's never been out there in the woods is not going to have the same, same kind of feelings. Yeah. You can see that in the whiskey bottle photography as well. Cause like some people, you know, a bottle of Jack Daniels, just a plain bottle of Jack Daniels, is probably not going to invoke any feelings. But someone sees like a cheap bottle that they love, and they're like, "Oh, this guy knows about it too." Then you, you feel like you kind of gain something. Or you can go on the other end too, where it's too expensive of a bottle, and we'll look at it and just be like, "Yeah, it's not open. You know, you should have opened it. You know, it's actually going to make me mad that you took a picture of it." So <laughs> it's it's uh, and like I'm guilty of it. And the other thing with editing, too, is people will just, in like Lightroom, they'll click the background and edit the background, but it, it excludes the bottle. So if there's any empty space in the bottle, you now have this bright background behind the bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see it, too, with the tines. Like when you're taking a photo of a tine and, and somebody will just select subject and then the yeah. tines get all blurry and you can't really. Yeah, it's a, there's a lot of technical aspects of it, but it's like 
you know, at the end of the day, you're right. The story's got to tell a photo. Like, what are you doing? You know, it's uh, Photo, a photo's got to tell a story. Yeah. What did I say? You said the story's got to tell a photo. Yeah. <laughs> if the story tells a photo, then that's a good story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> paint a picture. Really good story. <laughs> you got to paint a story in my mind. <laughs> but no, there's a lot of good uh, bottle photographers out there, people that take pictures of, you know, just whiskey in the wild and doing its own thing. And, um, some of the cool stuff, like I've seen shots at bars that it's like shows a busy bar, but let the, yet it's a perfect pour, you know, and it's just, it's like, it shows the two sides of kind of the bar scene. It's like, there's people out there just chugging beer, getting yeah. lit. And then there's somebody that's, Hey, they got this weird bottle that I haven't seen. I'm going to enjoy it. If, if you're listening and you, you are uh, good with Photoshop, I would like to see some submissions where someone takes whiskey bottles and photoshops like legs and antlers on it and then puts it in a, in a field yeah yeah <laughs> to make it look like an animal <laughs> that might work too if anyone does that vote. for this contest and anyone submits that photo for this contest i'm honorable mentioning them they're going on the website <laughs> yeah. as an honorable mention. just for the sheer effort put in to do that i'm in you should also give them to be honorable judge for the next contest they can be they can get they can sit in a judge seat all right, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Look, this is a very new concept with this whole shutters and shells thing, so that kind of stuff flies. I got no overhead. No, there's right. no red tape here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's whatever you want to do. Approved. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love the I'm idea. Domain. It makes me the CEO. I'm done. Yeah, I'm that's in. it. How much would you sell the company for? If somebody was like, I'll give you a cool mill for it. Is it gone? A, a cool mill right now? Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> Yeah, RP, you, you started way too high. Yeah, that's what I figured. That's what I figured. <laughs> you got to go for like a lower figure to make me really question it. But uh, cool mill, that's an easy call. I'll yeah. just make a new website with the same concept with a different name for a cool mill. <laughs> right. It's easy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for sure. And I have one of the OG Shutters and Shells uh, coffee mugs too. Yes, those will make a comeback eventually. I'm waiting for the uh, the book to be finished when that's done. Because that's going to be the hub for the, uh, the book. Nice. You're writing a book? I'm writing a book. On photography. We talked about this yeah, last we, time. Yeah, we touched on it a little yeah. bit yeah. last time, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm writing a book on the correlation oh. between hunting and wildlife photography, how they're very similar. How far have you come? I'm pretty much done with it. Now I'm going wow. through revisions, editing. I'm talking with a publisher and a professional editor. It's uh, it's coming along pretty well. Just don't don't let them throw a ghostwriter in there. Let me ask you about... No, no, no. Let me ask you about that process because I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Do... Are they when you start working with a with an editor and a publisher? Are and I'm guessing this is probably going to vary depending on the publisher or publishing house. But are they are they really um, like cutthroat? Like this has got to go. This is this can't. This is this is not going to work. Or they do they work with you and and kind of have an understanding of what you're trying to communicate and work with you that way? Because I hear I hear well, both stories. Yeah, I've gone through. Um, this is the third publisher I'm speaking with. Uh, I actually uh, cut ties with two of the first two okay. because of that reason where I gave him what I had and I kind of said, listen, I need an editor. If you have one in house, great. If you're looking to publish this, they gave me their terms, X, Y, and Z. This is what they would take. This is who they would send it out to if they thought it was good enough. Yeah. And out of like the 20 publishers I spoke to, the first three took it seriously. The first guy tells me, you know, you got to change the name. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm sending the name. And he goes, no, well, the name of the book is Shutters and Shells, right? And I go, no, I'm sending the name. He's like, well, you know, it's kind of, he didn't like the correlation that it had to firearms. And I'm like, you're done. I'm out. Goodbye. It's yeah. it's like, dude, it's about, it's about hunting and photography. It's going to have firearms in it. Like, it's not, it's not, it, it, if that's a problem that you have, then it's not a good fit. Yeah. I'll find someone else. Yeah. It's like you're, you're, you and I are not the fit that's done. Second guy, um, he was, like you said before, he wanted to make a lot of like non-negotiable changes. Um, where he wanted to cut out a lot of the technical things I have in there because every chapter pretty much starts with a story. It's not going to be like a guidebook, like a textbook that you're going to read through just for straight information. Each chapter that is specific to each aspect is starts with a story, an experience, a reason that it worked out in the field and the ways that these habits and these different kind of skills come into play. And it's a per- thing, the things I've been doing for my entire life yeah. in the woods. And it, it he wanted to cut a lot of that out saying, well, you know, I don't know if people want to read these stories as much as they want to re- just get the information. I'm like, they just want to get the information. I'll put it up in a blog post and I'll call it a day. You know, I'm trying to convey real world experience to people and why it, it applies to this second set of li- walk of life I've done now. So it, he wasn't really in agreement with a lot of that. He kind of tried to take control of a lot of thing with his editor. So, you know, eventually I cut ties with him and said, you know, this isn't going to work and that's it. And, um, this third person I'm talking with now, 
Uh, they have an in-house editor. Um, they do want to take a pretty big cut, which, uh, but they have a very big network, which is why it might be worth it. Okay. So I'm kind of discussing with him, but he's a lot more lenient. He's more, um, more on the side of, you know, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not going to cost us much. It's good. I'm paying for most of it anyway, but yeah. they're paying for like the syndication. So, you know, they're going to try to do some, some tests with it, some groups and stuff like that and see how it really turns out. So some of them can be very, well, to your question, some can be very, very, you know, it's this or nothing because we're publishing it, you know, but this guy seems to be a little more on the ball. So see how it goes. I might end up self-publishing. You never know. Yeah. I've but, looked in the process of self-publishing stuff just to uh, get stuff like in Kindle mm-hmm. and Kindle format and yeah, nothing like professional or anything like that. Just, just curious because I was, I was reading about the AI stuff where people are getting AI to write stuff and then they're self-publishing what the AI wrote. And then I'm like, hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw a thing the other day where a guy was a guy gave a prompt to ChatGPT to write a children's book about a very specific set of things, and then used another AI thing to to create animations, and then put them into a basically whatever you know PDF or whatever format was required, and to 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 make this Kindle version, and then threw it up on uh, Audible, not yeah. Audible, or one one of those. Um, Amazon and he had like 20 of them up there and they're cheap kids books that parents are just like $2. Yeah, sure. And he had like 15,000 of each one plus sold. And I'm just like, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I looked into that, into a a chat GDP because um, I was like looking to kind of get some ideas, better vocabulary. I'm look, I'm not, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I like to think I'm somewhat smart, but like as far as, writing i've never written before like to publish to author to anything like that never done it so goddamn sorry my cat jumped on me say hi i have to apologize to matt he loves cats love cats (laughs) bring him back yeah Yeah, he's jumping all up my lap here anyway um i've never done any kind of real serious writing so i was like oh maybe i could try out this tool and see if it'll kind of make things a little more concise a better flow use the same thing i already wrote and just kind of go over a paragraph that i think doesn't really work or maybe could have some kind of better grammar better synonyms in there whatever so i plugged a couple of paragraphs in and the problem with it was it was changing a lot of things around, but it was it wasn't matching the general feeling. It was writing as if it was um, a fiction story. It was writing as if it was like something whimsical. Meanwhile, you're trying to be serious in real world, and it's over exaggerating mm-hmm. certain things. You're like, it didn't work. You know, so, I, I, maybe there's a better way to prompt it. To be honest, I wouldn't be against using it for that kind of purpose, just clean things up, but. I don't know if it would work for like this kind of material. Children's probably, books, probably definitely, not. definitely. You have to be a little more specific on it. And the other thing too is it's because reading it, it's so good at putting words out that when you read it, it seems factual. And so doing some of the research we did for the last two episodes we did on uh, archery stuff, like it would put some stuff out and I'd read it and be like, oh, wow. that's And I start looking it up and it wasn't true at all. It's like, oh, yeah. it just, it bullshitted its way through it. But yeah. it, it seemed, it was so well-written that it seemed like this is, this is how it's going. But so I saved a chat, I saved a prompt that I've used a couple of times and it's, it's completely changed the type of like the quality of stuff I get back. And it's like three sentences, but it says, um, I want you, it's like, I want you to act as an expert in, and you put the field. Um, I'm going to ask you questions, specific questions about that field. And then, and then it says, uh, Please do not include any unnecessary details and only include answers in which you are confident in. And and then I hit enter and then it says, you know, happy to provide answers or, or an, an act as an expert in. And then it says your field. And then you start asking questions and the quality of responses you get is night and day. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a program. It's so it's got to be programmed. Yeah, you, you got to you got to give it some. And then and there's some websites out there that that guys have you know got way ahead of the ball on this late to the game again and uh, um, have whole websites with, with dozens and dozens of prompts you can use now for specific things. There's chat GPT influencers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I started looking at it more as a search engine and then yeah. using it like a search engine. It's pretty cool, man. You can, it's, it's pretty powerful. It's scary. In fact, there's, um, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about the guy's dog was sick and uh, the doctor didn't know, you know, he's like, I don't know, the dog's going to die. And so he was like, give me the blood work, you know, and he went home and he paid for chat GDP 4.5, which mm-hmm. is the new one. You got to pay for it. And he plugged in the blood results and was like, here's my dog. Here's the blood results. What's going on? And it came back. The dog was anemic and they went and 
He took the results of the doctor, and the doctor was like, that actually makes sense. Yeah. And they fixed the dog. <laughs> That's wild, man. Yeah. I can't wait for I can't wait for the string of lawsuits when someone dies because a doctor used chat GPT the wrong way. <laughs> well, I, what's the thing? I was telling I don't know if I said it on here, but I was talking to my doctor about some stuff and uh, some blood results or whatever, and, and I'm like, well, what about this number? This number is you know, and he was like, hold on, and like I could see him. It was on a video conference, and I could see him like googling it, and I wondered if he he was like in chat GPT and was like, if this guy's got this and this, does it mean you know? <laughs> But I was, I was blown G- away. GTP, it's, uh, it's going to be the new WebMD now. Dude, I think 20 years from now, it, it, it'll probably be the main source of information. Except we won't have to, like, we'll just be able to, like, touch our heads yeah. with our finger and think about it. And Yeah. I'd but think it. of it that way in, like, a medical standpoint now. Say you, now you go to the doctor. Instead of your doctor looking it up on his phone, he just feeds in your blood results. And this AI model comes back and says, "Oh, it's probably this." Yeah, he needs After some more. After cross-referencing everything else that's happened, it's it's more than likely this. It, it's just, like, it just so happens yeah. I I work on a project similar to that for for radio mm-hmm. for radiology. It it reads radiology images and it uses uh, historical uh, information from previous um, radiological imagery and from meaning it takes uh, entire histories and diagnoses. So if you have someone that was diagnosed with a particular disease or cancer and they have the the imagery to go along with it, tracing back as far as it'll go, it'll use the diagnosis and it'll analyze the imagery and it trains the AI to identify those things earlier on. So it'll look at it and the doctors go, oh, shit, it's cancer. We see it right here. Yeah. But the AI can look at those images all the way back to six months prior when they started trying to figure out what was going on and find those small anomalies that human doctors didn't see in the images. And then the AI trains that. And then this AI can diagnose diseases and cancer and stuff like that six months, a year before it actually presents itself. Isn't it's that funny? Cool. You just said human doctors. It's, yeah. It's weird <laughs> that you have to do that. You have to like, you have to, <laughs> to differentiate the two, but yeah, it's been it's, it's pretty cool to see what's out there and where it's where it's going, and it's a little scary at the same time. Yeah, see, we're going to be the old guys in that generation. It's like I'm not going to the robot; I'm going to the human doctor. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, our grandkids will be trying to, our kids or whomever friends are trying to convince us that you know, you're, that, that 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 human doctor is going to kill you. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I remember a time when there was only human doctors. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the cell phone thing. Like you need an iPhone. I don't need an iPhone. My flip phone does everything I needed to do. Fifteen years. Where do I find them? I can't. See, you know, the screen is all. Uh, like all their text. Is, their text is huge, yeah. right? Like uh, a two sentence te- text, and they're scrolling to read the whole thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I'm worried about the most with AI right now, since we're on that subject, is the AI photos. They're nuts. Oh, I actually took yeah. a video of something this morning. So I got to the studio early and was trying to catch the the SpaceX launch of the Starship. Mm-hmm. And there was a there's a bunch of live YouTube channels that were live, and I clicked the one that said SpaceX. I didn't notice the ink afterwards. I, I figured out pretty quickly that it was not the real SpaceX channel. But there's a discussion going on, and it's Elon Musk talking, and he's talking about how. During this Starship uh, thing, he's going to be participating in this huge crypto giveaway. Da, 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 da. There's a QR code to scan on the screen, and it's got a tweet that he pinned, supposedly. So I scanned the QR code, just out of curiosity. It brings you to a website, and it's got crypto wallet numbers for you to to put into your wallet so that you can receive your, your crypto. And his voice is t- talking about all this and how it's the way of the future, whatever. And, it's, and the video is taking place from... Uh, a far off camera in the auditorium. And then they made the mistake of zooming in and it's clearly an AI generated voice of Elon Musk and video of him talking. The, the voice sounded really, really, really yeah. convincing. It was the, it was, well, he talks it, like a robot anyway. It was, I know it was him talking <laughs> like the, it, it, the face not moving right. That, that, yeah. that threw it off. But I'm curious to know like how many people lost money this morning on that. Cause it was clearly a scam. Well, I've seen a lot of stuff like just scrolling, death scrolling, and you're like, that's wild. And you open the comments, <laughs> and you're like watching some crazy thing that happened, and everybody's like, this is really good uh, artificial generation. And you're like, damn, got it. <laughs> there was a guy who recently won uh, some photography award and then later came out and said, no, that was an AI image. Like he did it on purpose. 
Wow. Like the day after he got the award, he blasted over all of his, his social media. Everything was like, this was, I didn't take this photo. This is AI. This is this, that as like some kind of, I guess, taking a stand saying AI is the future. And I've seen it done with like conceptual images, landscapes, things like that. It works, Mm -hmm. but I've seen it done with like animals and something's always a little wrong. Even people, some like you're, you're, you've seen the pictures of people that like six hands in the background. Yeah. 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 But each time it's getting better to the point where you may not know what's real and what's not anymore. Yeah. I've seen like OnlyFans pages that are like I, I, I'm not. Let me say that again. I'm not on OnlyFans. <laughs> wait, wait, let's back up. Back up. You've seen OnlyFans pages. I've been, I've been, I've seen articles about OnlyFans pages where uh, nice save. They have yeah, where it's all AI and these AI girls are. Du- it's like dudes making AI photos. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that too. And like tricking people on OnlyFans. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's um, there was a series of photos that came out around the same time that Trump was supposed to, to be indicted or arrested. And it was supposed to be, they made it look like it was photos of him, like trying to resist arrest and his, mm-hmm. his, his kids like fighting, trying to fight through the police barricade to get to their dad. And it all looked super, super convincing, but it was all fake. And it, it was just nuts. like, what's wild, you know, as much as, and I, I hate to get on this topic as much as the media likes to twist the truth and, and to fit whatever agenda they're trying to run that day, having this at their disposal just makes me trust mainstream media even less it's imagine almost, the propaganda that yeah, can go out yeah, yeah. with that kind of power like perfected would, well imagine if you think about the things that we've the united states and other countries have done on a global stage you know uh, inciting coups and wars just 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 on the words and actions of another leader and now i don't know the cia or somebody could could fake it and throw it up there yeah. let them let them refute it all they want Pro- prove it's not real you know now, now we have our reason to go to war. It's like there's, uh, this is not <laughs> the right podcast. Time. We have to start another podcast because we have some things we'd like to go down the rabbit hole, and this is just not the place. No, no, I, I like this. I like how the conversation flows to these things because it's real. It all kind of ties together because this whole AI thing touches everything right now. For sure, what we're doing, what you're doing, what everyone else is doing, it is. It's not very often I would say it's going to change the world, but it really is the way it's going to, it can affect every aspect of our being. It's almost like if somebody submits a photo for this, you almost need to like check the metadata to make sure it's a real photo. I know. I know. So we're going to need someone to have their phone out taking a video of them taking the photo. (laughs) Yeah. Prove it. Yeah. And then they're going to use an AI model to generate a video of someone holding a cell phone, taking a picture of someone taking a picture. Nothing's real anymore. <laughs> the matrix is going to glitch out on its own, on its own programming and it's just all going to crash. Yeah. We start seeing pixelation in the sky. Yeah. We're like, I knew it. All the, <laughs> the recession and all, and all the, all the debt ceiling stuff. That's all actually just, uh, it's just a memory leak in the program, and it's just yeah. it's just going to run up until it all crashes. What if that's what whistleblowers are? Whistleblowers are are programmers that go wrong, and they just start leaking information. Dude, yeah, I was the, I was thinking about the you this movie weekend. Got all wrong. <laughs> I was at uh, Tale of the Dragon, and so I didn't know nice. this, but they have there's I don't know if they pay to be there or whatever, but there's like tents set up along the tail. Mm-hmm. For those that don't know, it's a car racing thing, but there's like tents set up, and there's guys sitting in there, and they have generators computer screens, cameras on tripods, and, like, all this. And I guess some of them were manually taking photos, but a lot of them were just sitting behind a computer. And as a car was coming around a corner, they were, and then the car was gone. And then once the cars are gone, they delete the blurry ones, the ones that don't work, and they upload them straight from there. And they sell them for $9 a piece. They don't even add them or nothing. They just throw them up online. And I bet that dude makes a killing. I'm probably going to buy a couple. He got a few pictures of me. That's really smart. Yeah, a couple of my friends did that on uh, motorcycles. They went down there to tail the tail the dragon. Same thing. I, I've seen the pictures they have, and probably the same guy. Probably it's like, is. And, it, and they told called, me they come around a curb. He's just right there. Yeah, it's called Killboy. I think was the guy yeah. that did mine. Yeah, it's probably Killboy.com. That's, that's been there for years. You started that, and it's like, I dare you to come tell me to leave. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'd assume he pays the the county something. I don't probably. know. Probably, but it's a genius idea because I mean. If who you, doesn't want a picture? That's a yeah. That's a bucket list thing to go do. Who doesn't want a picture that they didn't have to worry about taking themselves? Right, and it's them. You can clearly see me like driving the car. So it's yeah, that too. And they they pick cool corners where like the front ends all dip down, where you're braking real hard and turning, and it's like the look on your face. It's fun. Some of the motorcycles because I just I got I just started scrolling through pictures, just looking at people driving. But some of the because I did it on a motorcycle years ago, but um, seeing people on a motorcycle and their helmets are clear. 
and you can see their eyes like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty sketchy. It's 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 like left butt, right cheek, left cheek, right cheek. I mean, that's all you're doing the whole way is just leaning. I mean, yeah. of, there's a bunch of people dragging knees. It was really cool, but it was it was. I took I had two different cameras out there, and we were out there doing the same thing, just taking photos and. You know, it's stuff nobody will ever see, but it's just, I, it's fun. I enjoy doing it. The photography side of it. Edited some last night just to see what they look like. That's but, awesome. That's something I definitely want to do. I'll take a motorcycle out there. You should, man. I think you'd be really, I know you're really good at on a, on two wheels. So I think you'd have I'm, a lot I'm of fun. Okay. It'd be tough on a bagger. You'd be <laughs> scraping floorboards the whole time, but. I'm used to it. <laughs> if, you, if you took a, like a sport bike, would you take a sport bike or a, or a Harley? I'd probably take a Harley. Yeah. You're way yeah, better on comfortable on it. Uh, I, need, yeah. I need some weight. I need some center of gravity. You yeah. put me on a sport bike, it's just, it's not going to end well. I'm yeah. going to get way too ahead of myself. I got on, I got on YouTube watching some videos because I was, I wanted to see what, what you were, what you, what you were going to be doing because I'd never really seen it. And, uh, yeah, it, it took me two videos before I found one of someone dumping a bike and the bike oh, fly, yeah. flying yeah. off the side into the woods. And we saw a life flight come in while we were there. Yeah. Uh, the, the day we got there, a guy wrecked a brand new golf R, flipped it in the woods. It, it came, yeah. he came around a corner and flipped it and slid on the roof. But his uh, the guy that saw it said his brakes were purple, so he'd just been he was over braking. Mm. But it sounds uh, yeah. like there was a problem between the seat and the steering wheel. That's exactly what it's trigger actuator. That's what I tell everybody. You're not good at shooting a target; it's a trigger actuator. Oh yeah, where's where's that at yeah. in this thing? <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of people that are overconfident and underskilled that go out there, and you can watch them. Like you, you you follow people or people are following you, and it's like I can quickly walk away from somebody. And then there's times where you're on someone's ass, and you're like, I better back off because. This guy's, he's just an accident waiting to happen. Yeah. It happens all the time. The, the guy actually has a Patreon page where you can join his Patreon page and it's all accidents. Oh, nice. Yeah. There's a, uh, th- that same video. The, the, the one thing I didn't think about was after that wreck happened and another bike had crashed as well. Um, and in the process, and a, a car had, I don't know what happened, but it was on a turn. And so everybody was scrambling to get up the road in both directions to try and stop. Yeah. slow traffic because it just it was just a, another accident constantly waiting to happen again and uh it, i saw i saw a meme that showed like somebody drifted I, there's a professional video out there of a guy and i can't remember his name um but they shut the, the road down and he, he yeah. does it in a car and he's like drifting around stuff and really cool drone footage uh but it's like how you think you're gonna drive mm-hmm. and then it's like until and then it switches to some like I don't know, some sports car stuck behind a, a Jeep Wrangler. It's yeah. like until you get stuck behind it. <laughs> there was a Porsche, I think it was a 911, had hit the guardrail and it ripped it open like a can opener. Golly. Like, that's an expensive mistake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to this photo challenge. Um, I wanted to talk cool, to you it. specifically about photography and how, because you're, you're in magazines and you, and you get prints sold and stuff. I wanted to talk about that. Like, because we have all these pictures of the whiskey stuff and I'm like, is there a good site that I could just put them on that people would buy for stock footage? Or, or what's that process like? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, so like, let's go down the roads you can make money with photography, basically, because you already named a couple of them with the stock footage and with magazines, right? And I mean, stock footage, that's specific. That's saying you're going to put it out there and say, this is this photo, anybody could buy it. It's I'm showing it to you, and the only way to do that is to put it on stock photo sites. Now, over the last, like, decade, stock photo sites have gone into the tank. It's um, The returns are not that great unless you have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of photos, and you're uploading those thousands of photos to dozens of different stock websites, be it Getty Images, Adobe Stock, um, Shutterstock, all those different websites that you'll always see photos coming from. You can do it. It's very time intensive, and you may not see a return on it, and you're going to be getting anywhere from pennies to dollars for each photograph you sell. Some people do it, and those are the people who have been doing it for years, who have been at it for just adding their libraries for years, and it's a long-term game. So stock is one way to do it, but you really got to be committed, and it's a, it's a marathon. It, it is a long marathon. You got to have something people want. A lot of things people want are office settings, medical settings, people, like 
someone in a lab coat pointing to a chart. That's yeah. they, they use stuff like that. You got to think of the consumer, not. And for your case, for things like whiskey bottles, who's going to use it? You know, for stock yeah. photos, I mean, like uh, who is really looking for stock? Someone photos writing a blog photos? post. That's probably about it. Yeah, that, really. That really that is about it. Yeah. Like, and even then, you, like they, probably, they have to consider like copyright. Like if I'm writing a, a, an article on a nice website, I can't just necessarily throw up any any brand, right? Because then mm-hmm. you're associating yourself with a specific brand they may not want to do. So yeah, I can see, see how it could be what you guys could do for something like that is get rid of the brand. Now you make it a little more open. Why not do photographs of no label cigars with a glass of whiskey or do things with bourbon barrels, stuff like that. That would be used for a much broader range of things mm-hmm. for something like stock. Like, but anyway, moving past stock, now you go to like magazines. Think of the magazines that would be specific to your niche, your genre. Like for you guys, it would be things like Cigar Aficionado would definitely be down for things with whiskey and bourbon and cigars, right? And honestly, I don't know a lot of cigar, uh, not cigar, but a lot of, uh, whiskey magazines i'm pretty sure you guys are probably a little more involved with that that you'll know something but i'm not really in that world where i know about a lot of whiskey magazines that buy photos of whiskey i don't i'm not sure now for wildlife there's hunting magazines all over the united states some actually all over the united states canada everywhere there's hunting there's magazines for hunting people love reading it people love seeing pictures and to get in with those guys for like magazines and this may still apply to things like whiskey too you got to talk to the editor. You have to work out a deal with them for where the photo is going to be placed. Is it going to be a cover photo? Is it going to be a small insert? Is it going to be a full page insert? Is it going to be used for an ad? That's All these things are different for how much they're going to pay you. Most of them, the ones that are more established, have a set price sheet of what they will pay you. And there's no real negotiations. If you say, oh, I want this, they go, no, this is what we pay people. And it's up to you if you want to take it or walk away from it. And normally those photos are licensed for just that issue only. Now, other places, they want to buy your photo and use it in multiple issues. So do you pay per issue it gets printed? Do you just pay how many, a higher fee? It's up to you. But they always have some kind of set range of what they've done before and what they are willing to pay for their, um, for their photos, for their stuff. So you talk to the editor, the editor sends you over to you know, whoever is in charge of the media and they work it out with accounting. It's a lot of emailing. Half of my job right now is just sending emails back and forth to these people and sending the photos they want. And it's like, I'd rather be on the woods, but <laughs> but it's like, that. that's the big, the big downside of going to magazines is there's a lot of red tape. It's always large teams working together where you have to talk to seven people before you get approved for that one photograph. Whereas if you're doing something like stock or doing licensing, you're usually going through a single person. Now, outside of stock, you have licensing. Licensing is better. I think it's the best way. I make the most money on licensing because I'm dealing with the person alone. Usually they seek me out, give me a call, send me an email and say, Hey, we have um, a product. We have, uh, you know, an ad that we're looking to do. We want to use one of your photographs in our advertisement. We want to use it in our, our app. We want to use it on our website as like a cover. Like we want to do all these things. And they're just the one person I'm talking to. And then I could set the price for how much I'm going to charge them for whatever they want to use it for based on their usage, based on where it's going and how, what they're going to gain from it. So it gives you a lot more freedom with stock in a magazine. You don't have much unless you're already very, very established in the magazine area, then you can negotiate a little more because maybe you're worth a little more, but for straight up licensing point to point with businesses, you're, you're good to go. You can talk that all day. Do you ever, have you done anything with, um, with any international or like European magazines? Or, yeah, or media they're, outlets. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's cool. yeah. I got published in uh, Ontario Out of Doors magazine. Cool. That was uh, one of the international ones. And there was a uh, a company in. It was a science. I mean, I, I can't. I call it a science company. They're more like a research industry. Who reached out to me over in France, who was doing some kind of research on deer and different kind of wildlife, who wanted to use my photograph of that um that buck that just sheds antlers. That one. Oh yeah. They, they wanted to use that one um, in a couple of their scientific articles and whatever about research on deer. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know how to do this internationally, but sure. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> there's not much uh, anything overseas like Canada, Mexico and United States are probably the biggest ones for the stuff that I do. Mm-hmm. But anything overseas, that was the only one that was really out there. Have you thought about doing overseas trips to get pictures of the animals that they have there or it's just I not have. a market? I have. It's just, I mean, like the last, the biggest trip I did so far is like going out to Texas 
And that was funded by a company that, you know, licenses my photographs under the agreement that I would bring them back a nice handful of photographs to them to f- fund this trip for me in advance. Now, if any owners of any large scale companies or people who work for them are listening to this podcast and want to send me overseas to take photographs for them, <laughs> I'm more than willing just <laughs> reach on out. I'll take the trip. I'll go with Everyone's you as a, cheap uh, right now. I'll go with you as a, as a grip or something. I need someone to carry my bag. It's a lot of gear. My yeah, back hurts. You know, I mean. it's, I'm not a very it. strong guy. Nice. <laughs> How could you be? You sit, you sit in the woods all day and take photos and nothing else. That's right. That's it. Nothing else. <laughs> nah, yeah, I think I th- people will eventually catch on to what I do for a living, but for now, no one knows. Yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of <laughs> like the mystery. Mystery. I mean, I know what you do. The, but elephant, the elephant in the room. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it's fun. Uh, and so well, back to talking to you. So you, they reach out to you. Is there any way for you to reach out to them? Sure. Um, Magazines are the easiest because if you go into a magazine website, there's always a, like a contact page. Reach out to the editor. Their their email or phone number or whatever is always there. You could search um, specifically on their website. Go to like their search bar, their site map, whatever it is. Look for submission guidelines. That is a big thing because some of these much larger magazines, they get so many people saying, I'm a photographer. I take pictures. Can I send you some? They won't even reply to you. Look for the thing that says submission guidelines, because usually there is a specific inbox and a specific way they want you to send your photographs to them with like specific titles. They, you Sometimes you have to rename your photos to like your name, the type of animal and the date it was taken or like the area was taken for each photograph and then email it to them so that they can inventory it and kind of keep it organized. Like they, you do the work for them because they get so many submissions. Mm. So larger magazines do that. Smaller ones, I mean, same thing. Just reach out to the editor. That's usually the best way to go. The only reason I was thinking about it is because it's not only just for photography, but also for writing small articles and stuff for magazines. But one of the ones we were in, they they cover photo. They wanted a cover photo, and their idea of it, I was like, I don't, I don't really know what you're talking about. And what it ended up being was it was fake. They had somebody had fake snow, and they had put a decanter in it with a glass of whiskey, and then put fake snow on top of the decanter. And it was a stock photo they found somewhere. And so, so you're right. It was like no labels, nothing. It was just. But uh, we don't really have. I don't. Sometimes we take photos like that, but usually the bottles involved in some way. Well, it's usually for you know for Instagram. Yeah, yeah. People want to see the brand. They want to know what it is, mm-hmm. but. I mean, we can, between the glasses and decanters and stuff we have, and between both of us, we could probably come up with a slew of pictures like that. I just think of, I mean, we're doing it anyway. We might as well find some place to post it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the um, the writing side of it too, being able to submit articles, because I mean, we've written articles that are in magazines, but being able to like make that a wider, broader thing and kind of tailor it a little bit so it's not a direct copy and paste, I think there's money in that too. Content creation. We're just looking at, you know, once we do something, we make content and then it's used once and then it's gone forever. So I'm like, what can we do with all this stuff? Like, why? Because I'm keeping it. It's like, why am I keeping it? Why am I buying hard drives and filling them up with content? And when, you know, there's got to be something. Yeah. Oh, you want to hear a crazy thing that you just brought up a really funny thing. There's a website called um, wildlifereferencephoto.com. I think that's what it's called. Someone turned me on to it on Reddit because I posted a photo and they asked me, hey, I want to draw a picture and sell it based on your photo. It's a derivative work. What are your terms? And usually what I do with people is I say 50, 50, you know, if you're, you're drawing it based on a photo I took and put time into, if you sell it, I want half and that's fair. Some people haggle it, but 50, 50, right? So they were cool about it. And they said, Oh, by the way, are you on this website and this wildlife reference photo? I go, what is that? I look at it, I sign up for it. As a photographer, I could submit photographs of wildlife. So I did it a deer and artists will buy those photographs from that website and I will get a commission for when they buy them. And they get a license with it that says they can only use it to make derivative works, can't resell it as is, blah, 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 blah. There's no perpetuity or agreements in, be- in between. Like if they sell it, they sell it for whatever they want. I don't get a cut of it, but it's a large audience. So I'm like, eh, I'll throw it up there like a stock website and see what happens. Within like a week of about 20 of my photographs getting approved, I didn't even check back on it. I get an email one day. It's a PayPal alert. Oh, you've had, you know, $75 deposited into your PayPal. I'm like, from who? Like, well, did someone buy something? I'm looking through my commerce stats. I'm like, no. And it says from wildlife reference photos. So I logged back in and I sold like 30 of those photos. Wow. Apparently it was very widely used and I had no idea. And people were just 
picking up a bunch of these things. So little things like that, you might be able to find something like that for like smaller stock sites that you wouldn't think of. I would have never thought that would be such a big audience for people to draw, use photos as reference to draw and pay for them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually Ryan Kirby uses yeah. photography. Ryan Kirby, who we've had yeah. on goes out and does, does photography himself. And sometimes he will, um, if he's doing, um, what do you call it when you pay someone to do a specific, uh, a co- commission. Uh, commission, commission, yeah, yeah. When he does a commission yeah. piece, sometimes they will provide him with the 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 photo, and I've seen him. He's actually documented uh, him using inspiration from multiple photos. Like I like I like the body of this elk, but I really like the way that the antlers on this elk look, and he'll kind of combine them and then stick them in a different uh, you know a different landscape uh, and come up with some really cr- just crazy paintings. But I'm not surprised at all. Uh, And it's funny you brought that up because I was going to ask if they're, you know, they have these websites like Fiverr that you can go on and you can find people to do like stuff for you. Do they have like, is there like a Facebook of photographers where someone that was a magazine could go and find people where you have like a small portfolio of your work to go look at? I mean, not really. I haven't found one. Like, I mean, Instagram is probably the closest thing you'll get to having an online portfolio. You know, it's, it, everyone knows it. it they probably, I've had people find me on Instagram magazine, like Ontario out of doors, out of doors, found me on Instagram. Great days outdoors found me on Instagram. You know, it's, it's the largest place. So you're kind of yep. a small fish in a big pond, but all the big fish are there. All the people you're looking for are on there and they have social media managers who you can either reach out to them or they will eventually see you. If like you tag them, maybe they might take a look at your page and say, I wonder if this guy does work. Yeah. So that that's probably the closest thing to a real portfolio specifically for that. But I don't, I don't know of any specific website, which is built just for photographers to reach publishers. Yeah. yeah. seems like a I lot of money in storage space on there. Yeah. But maybe you do like you're allowed 20 photos, like put your best 20 photos up here, 20 photos. And then, I mean, if, if and your contact stand up, stand up the website and you make money by ads and people yeah. can, if, if you want to have your stuff pushed to the top, they can pay $15 a month for a, yeah. What color is our check mark going to be? Orange, orange check mark, blaze, orange check mark. <laughs> blaze orange, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a good idea though. If, it, let me ask you this: If you, you know, if somebody wants to sell photos, um, you know, we taught you, you talked about sort of the avenues to, to get them sold, but obviously the photo has to be of quality. What What are some things that are maybe like? Obviously, you're going to have more experience from the um, on the wildlife side, but you know, are there some things that are deal breakers? Like if something's in a photo, if it's composed a certain way, it's just not going to work. Yeah, um, that's something I ran into early on when I first started going down the magazine road where I had some really good photos that I was like, how could someone not want to print this? Cause I was very full of myself at the time. And then I found out quickly that there's a lot of other things that these guys look for. And it's not just a good photograph. Of course, the photograph has to be sharp, good composition, you know, and good coloring, good, everything, all the basic technical details. But you got to think about it. If it's going on a magazine. It needs white space. Like you need, they're going to be putting blurbs all over mm-hmm. where say it's of a deer. They're going to be putting, you know, how to shoot big bucks in Texas, you know, that, that text has to go somewhere. Right. So if the entire frame of your shot is just the deer itself, they have nowhere to put it. They can't use it. It's not going to go anywhere. So big thing I learned when I was out in Texas, uh, photographing with Lance Kruger was he told us a lot of these things. Cause he's been published for the last what, 30 years. And he said, you know, why don't you shoot all of your deer in portrait instead of landscape? Cause I was shooting everything in landscape. And I'm like, Oh, I just, I, I, I just shoot in landscape. Cause that's how I use a camera. He goes, well, you're trying to do this for magazines, right? I'm like, yeah. He goes, turn your camera. <laughs> I'm like, that's the magazine go this way or does it go this way? I'm like, yeah, that, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Lance. Thanks. <laughs> it also helps with reels and, uh, making real content. That's- it does. It absolutely does. And, um, cause I film a lot like, that way too. Yeah. And that, but that, that's only specific to magazines as far as what they're looking for. But now if you look at things like prints, like we didn't talk about how you can make money selling prints, prints are a whole different ball game because prints can be anything. Mm-hmm. It could be a good photograph, a bad photograph. If it connects with someone, they want it, they buy it. I've sold photographs that I didn't think were particularly that great. They were like fillers. I put out on Instagram because I didn't have anything to post that day. I was like, I'll put this guy up there, whatever. And then someone DMs me an hour later. Hey, how much for, you know, a, a 16 by 24 of that? I was like, 
okay, if you want it, dude, if you want to hang it up, awesome. If it speaks to you, buy it. Awesome. So it's, it, I still haven't figured out what people exactly want with those because it's just so random. And how's that work? You just create an account at a company that prints prints, and then you upload your stuff. And like, how much of it do you actually have to go through if, if it I have a, comes I in? I have a way that I can do it without touching anything. I wanted that because I didn't want to spend my whole day packing, shipping, and like you guys know the pain all yeah. right, of having to print out orders and pack and ship. I have a, uh, there's print, there's a printing company I use uh, called Sportswoods Framery. Um, they're based out in Illinois, I think. Yeah, I think it's Illinois or Michigan. And um, the guy, Paul, who runs the family owned business, very, you know, small, but he has a, this is, he has like a, a whole print warehouse where he makes framed wood canvases, which is now it's all I really print is using him. Cause I order a couple from him and, uh, they came out gorgeous. Like they just, the quality was great. It's not like cheap imported materials. He makes everything. It's not cheap plastic, fake wood. It's like real cut wood, stretched nice and it always ships well. So I started using him. So here's how it would go. Someone puts in order through me. I send the order. My website sends it through Paul. Paul goes ahead and prints it out and ships it out and sends everything out to the customer. You know, and that it's a one, two, three. He wins because he's getting paid, obviously, from me. I'm getting markup from the sale itself, and the customer gets a great product. So we are all kind of winning at the same time in our own businesses, and it keeps my time very free. So I don't have to send out, you know, I don't have to come home and be like, oh, I got to print and ship and stretch and staple and get all these prints out the door by Tuesday because someone ordered it yesterday. I don't got to touch it. It's all automatic. But there's other websites where you could do that if like you need just regular prints like ProDPI, Miller's. Um, there's a lot of good printing companies that are all very reputable. They usually work for like wedding photographers making albums or professional photographers printing out headshots, things like that. You could do it for whatever work you're doing and they will ship it for you, white label. Like the, the customer for the most part will not know or I mean, not think that you are drop shipping it to them because that's kind of a touchy thing. People don't want things drop shipped and this is drop shipping, but it's not like I'm getting it off of Alibaba and getting some cheap nonsense and send it to your yeah. house. You know what I mean? There, there's a way to do it right. And so everyone wins. Yeah. We drop shit uh, like apparel, but I always leave a note in the order because yeah. usually they'll order something and like a shirt. And I'd be like, Hey, the shirt's coming separately from a friend of ours that prints it for us. That's what and it's yeah. as opposed to being like, Hey, this is going to come from some printing company that you've never heard of in some weird state. It's like, and hopefully they, yeah. they print it right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the big thing too. People for some reason don't like it. Uh, they, they expect you if you're selling like for you guys, you're selling whiskey products, you're selling apparel, you're selling like a lot of different stuff. I, I think they assume you have like some giant workshop warehouse that does all of these things. Yeah. And they don't realize you have to cultivate this from multiple sources to get it all done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of moving pieces, but, and I mean, it was stressful in the beginning, but now we're, you know, we got like a groove on it. It's the uh, the biggest pain in the ass, honestly, is going to the, like every day I go drop something off at the UPS store or the, or the post office, like every day it's that's, but you know, who am I to complain about that? Well, I remember a while ago, you guys pissed off the mailman or something like that, right? It was uh, a more than once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's it, they've been really good lately, which is odd because they're even shorter staff now than they were, you know, two years ago. But we haven't really had any problems lately. I mean, Christmas, there was a lot of UPS packages that went missing that showed delivered and were never delivered. But it's like, is the customer lying or is the UPS guy stealing it because it says whiskey on the, on the bottle, on the box? It's like, you know, who knows, yeah. who knows what's going on? I don't know. U USPS has been a struggle. I'll say that, but it's it's gotten a little bit better. It always sucks during the holidays. It's just shipping in general during the holidays sucks. But mm -hmm. um, the less that I have to actually physically go into that place, unless I'm just dropping something off, the better. I hate dealing with people at the counter. It's yeah. I, we print out all the labels at home and just just walk in and drop it in the drop box. But you mm -hmm. know, sometimes the UPS store or the U the post office, the drop box is locked. And then you have to go in there, and if mm. you just put it on a counter, somebody's going to say something. It's like, I'm not going to wait in line to drop off something I pre-printed. Yeah. And then the UPS store is a pain, too. They're like, don't put that there. It's like, it says, it's, this is the, and they're like, I know, but we're not busy. Just bring it to the counter. Like, okay. Well, I'm busy, so here yeah. it is. I'm leaving now. <laughs> yeah. Do you want a receipt? No. Do you want, it's like, no, I don't want, I come That's in here That's why I day. was going to leave it there, yeah. because I don't want to. I don't need this. anything. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. You guys could probably make some money. I'm not saying it could be like a main source, but it might, I don't really know the market too well. You could probably make some money off of 
selling prints of whiskey stuff, of barrels, of, yeah. you know, if you can get it access to like a Rick house or something like that, stuff like that. You could probably do somewhere. Anyone who has like a, you know, a basement, a bar or something like that, who wants to put that kind of nice high class stuff up there. If you advertised it and marketed it as being luxurious and not just a regular, just a photo you're throwing up, something that's like real decoration that could really tie a room in. You might, you might get something out of that. I think about it because I have a, a thing about Vendome stills and every time we go somewhere and they have a Vendome copper still, I'm, I take a bunch of pictures of it and it's like, I have them from almost every distillery I've been to. I just, I really like them, but uh, mm-hmm. things like that. And then the barrel stuff and like, there's pictures of people. People have taken pictures of barrels being charred, and like that's a huge. I mean, that, that photo's yeah. everywhere. It's Wait, the same yeah, picture, cool. and it's literally everywhere. Yeah, it's it's the it's the the little pictures that capture small parts of the process that yeah. seem to capture a lot of attention. You know, it it could be something during the with the um, the actual grain itself. You know, I see see a lot of pictures of of just the raw grain before it's before it's you know put into the process and even just the bot, you know, bottling process before a label is put on it. Um, and then anything out of a Rick house is generally pretty popular <laughs> for sure. For sure. The Cooper stuff. Yeah. The chart. I mean, I, I could have sat and watched those barrels get charred for another hour. If they'd have let me drink and sit there in a chair, I'd have sat there all day. Oh yeah. Just sit there in a chair and watch it. <laughs> no, think about it. Think about things that you would buy for your house or things you would consider buying for your house. I mean, I got, I got photos of deer. Like I, I can't really move my camera. But I got photos of deer all over my house. I got a couple back here that I'm sending out soon. That I had come. Now you can't really see it because the blur. But yeah, I got a couple. I got like a bunch of them back here that like you know. These are things I would I hang up in my own home. So yep. it's like I, I try to find out which one would I use, which one would I hang out, hang up. And for you guys, like you said, the stills. You, well, there you go. Yes. Yeah, you we got, got pictures. Tom we Gallagher got your right stuff there. all over the place. I got to send you some new ones that's some updated. I'm going to send you some uh, some ones like that size from uh, from Texas, some nice photos so you can hang them up there too. But it's like you, you got to, like for you with the stills, like you would see that somewhere and be like, that would look really cool in my house. I really, I, I kind of want that. You don't know what it's going to be that someone's going to look at and go, I have a big thing about, you know, whiskey barrels. That would look great above the bar. Why don't I buy that? You know? So it's, that's why prints are so touchy. You don't know what people are actually going to like, you know, you you don't know. Everything's going to connect with someone differently. Yeah. I always, I always hear this from people who are big into creating, whether it's photography or like short, short films, um, real type things, but they're always like, that was the one that I posted that was just kind of a throwaway and I didn't think anything of it and yeah. it, it blew up mm-hmm. or it's the, you know, it won, it won some award or what, and it's just, you almost can't dismiss anything. You have to kind of put it all out there and just see what takes. What I've learned too is like as a critic of my own work, which I know you are as well, there's things mm-hmm. that I'll look at and, and, and hate. And then I'll, I'll like, I'm like, I'm too embarrassed to put that up. But then I'll also see photos or reels that people make and you look at it and it has thousands of views and hundreds of comments and you're like, that is so cringy or stupid or whatever. Like I could have, that's so dumb. I would never do that, but it's what the, you don't, you know, it's like, I'm clearly what I like is way different from what the masses. Just like. got to post it, man. Yeah. Just yeah. let it go. Yeah. And I know well, you've seen I that won too. The, uh, the domain contest. It was with, I, I submitted about a dozen photos of what I thought were, Oh, these are good. Let's see how these do in the contest. And one of them won, like it won the, I got my new bow that way. I got nice. all that. I got a whole pack of stuff. They sent me down here and cool. like, I got, you know, it, it was a regular photo of a New York buck walking through, but it was, it was a good picture, but I didn't think that was going to be the winner. I thought the other ones I submitted were like better. You know, it's like, it was one of my good ones. I didn't think it was one of my best and it just people went for it. They what kind of photo did you win? I won a Matthews phase four. Hang on. I'm actually going to take the wow. off my background. Excuse my ridiculously messy office. Here she is. Wow, dude, that's that's a hell of a winner for a photo. Nice, man. Yes, it is. Very excited about this. That's the one that's got the new, uh, the built-in, um, that you can slide the, the, yeah, the stabilizer, the, uh, stabilizer and the, yep. and the, uh, just, just turn, turn that slides right out. Yeah. It's great. I still gotta get it all set up. I kind of just put it all in. I got the peeps I put in. I gotta, you know, I got work to do to it, but you know, I got a dozen, they sent me a dozen Eagle arrows and I gotta get those cut. I got a lot of work to do with this thing, but it's going to be. Great. Nice. Yeah. That's yeah. I'm going to blur my background. I'm going to have to look at my mess of an office behind me. <laughs> yeah. I've been so far behind. I haven't cleaned anything up. I got camera gear. I got hunting gear. I got, I got like seven buck knives on the floor over here. I'm a, 
<laughs> too busy for housekeeping right now yeah, yeah. that's alright we're about we, to do some housekeeping uh, ourselves we're getting ready to start cleaning some of this stuff out yeah. yeah and by the way I like the new setup you guys got going on here we're it's moving nice. it we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna go remote I believe so we can because the problem like with this is yeah yeah The pro- mm. we haven't really been talking about it but the problem is like we have to this is at, away from where we live so we have to make the time to come out here and other than that, it sits empty. Nobody ever uses it. So we just kind of see it as like a waste of, we had a bunch of ideas in the beginning, but the way the lease works, we couldn't really take advantage of any of them. So it's, it's unfortunate. Well, I mean, it's going to save us money and it, it allows us to, you know, we can sit at home and have maybe drink a little too much on some podcasts and, and be fine. We're at home, you know, and, uh, <laughs> It flexes the schedule. We can do them in the evening. It's easier to get guests because most people aren't available when yeah, we're available. Yeah, I think that's, just, the, that's the biggest thing is once we get our the equipment both of us need set up to have good quality recordings remotely, it'll allow us to, you know, do a, do a last-minute podcast on a Thursday night if we have to yeah. or whatever because um, sometimes we're just both really busy. Uh, but then, like he said, having being able to do guests more flexibly um, – Flexibly, is that the right word? Yeah, because people are like, I can do eight o'clock. And it's like I'm not coming. I'm not going home <laughs> from work and then coming back out here yeah. at seven to you know to do a podcast. It's, it's we've just, done it. We've done it before. And we need to, but it's just not ideal. Yeah, um, it's it's easier to get people on when they could just like today with me. I got. I'm out of here after I get off with you guys. I got I got stuff to do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna, I got to do doing things. If you guys said to me I had to be somewhere to do this, I'd be like I, I can't swing it today. Yeah, but right. being that we could do this remotely, hey, I'm I'm here. I got I got an hour, or so whatever. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, the problem too was videoing right. it. We quit videoing the podcast because the the <laughs> fucking cameras, like they would just you know we get through. Uh, a half an hour or whatever, and it would shut off, and we can't tell because it's you know it's over there. We can't really see it. It's behind the you know the desk, and and we get up, and I'm like, shit, this the battery died 40 minutes ago. So that <laughs> it's like, and so we bought a camcorder that we could flip the screen around and watch it. But the quality was so, I mean, back it's 1080p, but you know today 1080p looks like shit. So we yeah, you know it's 4K or nothing. But now we have the ability to stream straight from the camera at home, and and it just makes it a lot easier. Yeah, but. That's good. You know, look, I've always enjoyed your guys' podcast. Even when, you, you guys are always looking to tweak things, make things better, take out things that you think are worse and kind of, you know, keep moving with it. It's always been interesting. So it's kind of, it, it's good to see you continuing on that trend and not just kind of becoming stagnant and saying, oh, well, this is, this works, whatever. Oh, this doesn't work. Uh, we'll just keep doing this. You, you guys are always like pushing forward with the Whiskey and Whitetails podcast. That's why it's so damn good. <laughs> We appreciate it. that's appreciate gonna be a soundbite. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, it just we, we also just get bored doing the same thing. It, yeah, and and not being financially kind of you know anchored to a studio, it frees up some 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 money that we can use to go on some more hunting trips, to do some things, some other things that we would much rather do than than just pay for a space we use once or twice a week. So yeah, yeah. Um, we have some other stuff that we're that we're wanting to get into from the company perspective that we're not talking much about yet, but having that extra you know cash will help with. Uh, making that happen. Yeah, we got a pretty exciting meeting tonight. We're having dinner with a guy to discuss some stuff and we got a lot of things we, we want to do and kind of change and, and and move more into like the event side of things. So nice. So and you guys have the uh save the twenty two dinner coming up soon, right? Yep. Got your painting yeah. and uh yeah. we're gonna put together a thing too and I, I don't I think we're gonna do it separate. You get your own and I might throw these in there too if you're sending us new ones. Uh, yeah I forgot to so <laughs> Do you, uh, no, I mean the, these. Oh, those? Yeah, throw them in, whatever. I might throw those in there too, because I still have some yeah. of the bases. And then, um, were you going to send cards? It's kind of too late yeah, now. Yeah, that's, that's what I forgot to do. Yeah, and it's now good. it's, uh, time now, so it's unfortunate. Yeah, I don't have time to send you any though. I still but, have uh, the old ones, so I can put those yeah, on. Yeah, if you want to throw the old ones out, that's cool. I might send you, uh, I might rush order, I might just print out something for you. Um, instead of a card, I just want to put my name on something that shows that all of my print profits are going to, you know, WLS and Camp Hero for like sure, indefinitely, not just for that event. I just want people to know that. So if they're there for that event and they want to do a little more support at those organizations, go to the website and buy a print. It all goes to them anyway. I don't make any money off my prints anymore. So that's awesome. You do that. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. they appreciate it. We have, um, I was going to say, we have a plastic kind of stand up placard thing we use at shows. So mm-hmm. if you design something that's a normal sheet of paper and just print it at like a CVS in Charleston, I'll uh, I'll go pick it up. That way, it, it's easy. All right, cool. Well, I'll text you after the uh, podcast. They'll yeah. make it happen. Yeah, yeah, be easy. Cool. Well, anything else that we need to put out about the contest photo photo contest? 
to submit your photo to the contest, all you have to do is put your photo on Instagram and tag Whiskey and Whitetails and Shutters and Shells. You're automatically entered that way. Prizes uh, include, uh, I believe you guys have a nice little prize pack for the whiskey winner. Yep, we can do a cocktail smoker kit and uh, a sample of this year's release of the Wild Turkey 1, or Wild Unforgotten is this year. Yep, the Master's Keep. Yeah, yep. we got that for the whiskey winner, and the Whitetails winner is getting the Whiskey and Whitetails Grunt Tube, I believe, Yes, as well as a printed copy of their photo. It's a, Look, it's a fun contest. It's easy. We're not taking any information or any kind of emails, phone numbers, or anything when you submit. We're not doing it to uh, kind of get any kind of ads or marketing to you. We don't care. This is a straight-up straight up competition. Submit your photo, win a prize, don't win a prize, all in good fun. And um, I'm hoping people come out and really, the last one we did, we had like 300 entries, which is great. So I'm hoping we get a uh, similar numbers around this time. And uh, it ends um, in June is the last time you could submit. So there's a couple more months left to uh, really throw out your photos there. So I'm going through and I see three whiskey entries. There's a ton of animal entries. And I think yeah. one of those is me. So there might just be two. <laughs> so you got a good chance of winning if you want to get in there and do it. It's uh, it's hard you, to get people. You have to a lot of friends commit. that post bottles. Like just throw them out there. All you got to do is tag two people and that's it. That yeah. your photo's in. So all the stuff you're regularly posting now, tag two people in it and you're in the contest. You don't even have to say you're in the contest. You don't have to advertise that you're in the contest. Nothing. Just, yeah, I'm in the contest. I'm in. Just yep. read uh, the post on at Shutters and Shelves, the pin post right now. It's the first one. It's of a deer. It says whiskey and whitetails on it. Read through the way to enter right there and uh, throw them out there. I can't wait to see them. Done. I'm excited. We'll, uh, we'll use that as a sound clip for uh, when this episode comes out. Yep. We'll just tell everybody. That's how you get in. It's easy. You don't got to say anything. Just tag us. Boom. Yeah. Done and done. I wanted to make it as easy as possible. No no hoops to jump through, you know? Yeah. Yep. Cool. All right, man. Well, thank you for coming on. Thanks for uh, talking over some of this stuff with us. I'm sure people find it interesting. I know I did. What he said. <laughs> That's always good talking to you, man. So, yeah. Sorry, Gus. You, like, you looked over. I was like, is Gus going to say something too here? Am I going to I didn't know, I didn't know if he was done. Sorry. I was, yeah. No. But yeah, I no. I was about always... to thank you guys very much for having me out here, but I didn't want to cut, I didn't want to cut into your time, Gus. <laughs> 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 no, but seriously, oh. thanks a lot for uh, having me on. I don't know how many times I've been on the show. Was this three or four now? This is the at least fourth time. Least, uh, I think yeah. the fourth time. Yeah. This is the fourth. Look, every time I really enjoy it. You guys are awesome. Whiskey and Whitetails has always been a company that I really truly believe in love what you guys are doing and uh, you know again thanks for having me on absolutely dude thanks for coming and anybody wants to find Dom you know already Dom got a photo on Instagram domgottafoto.com and uh, check his stuff out if you haven't already I think uh, most people are probably familiar with it but if not get on there and look at it some awesome photography and Dom's a great guy and we love having him on so thanks again Dom cheers man hope you have a great rest of the day appreciate it you guys too yep. alright buddy see you man see you